0: monumental sports and entertainment along with PressBox presents Stan, the fans, bat around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at
1: StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. Well, for the second week in a row, Bonzatufa is wrong. It's not guys. It's guy and girl. And uh I am Craig Heist, sitting in for Stan the fan this morning on the bat around, as Stan is still enjoying some well needed and uh I know he thinks well deserved <laughs> uh vacation time. and uh good morning, Brittany Everett. How are you?
2: i'm I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm
1: good. Hey, look. the caps won.
2: Yeah, uh, they the did. Orioles
1: won, I the nationals know. won. And as you said, coming through the door this morning. You know, yesterday was a pretty good day.
2: Yeah, th- it, I'm not used to all the winning. All
1: the winning, you know, and uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and Towson women's lacrosse. Just well, throwing that out there. There you go, yeah. thrown
1: out out there, and uh, <laughs> so that's a good good week and a good day for them. Uh, we are here to talk all things baseball, of course, for the next two hours, and uh, we will do that. And we want you to be a part of it by listening and also watching the live stream facebook.com slash pressbox sports and also uh, you, when you see the uh, studio picture there you can click on that and watch So, uh, get on your computers, and uh, if you're not listening, you can certainly watch and listen, and we would appreciate that. Yeah, Craig, you did your hair for everybody today. Well, yeah, exactly, and so it's a good hair day, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Why is yours up in a hat, Dan?
2: Because I got majorly sunburned yesterday, Ah,
1: so, yeah. Yeah, where were you at that you got sunburned, at the the lacrosse game? Filming lacrosse, yeah. Okay, good enough. Well, three straight wins for the Orioles. Uh, tell your friends, 9 4 last night over the Rays. And, and don't forget, doubleheader today with the first game at 3.05. And uh, it's a straight single admission doubleheader. So you want to make sure it's uh, what we used to call in the old days, two for the price of one. So you can. Go out there, buy a ticket, and spend all day at the ballpark and have a good time. Uh, The Orioles have called up uh, David Hess from Norfolk, and he'll pitch the first game today. And uh, he was uh, last uh, saw on the mound against – or in Norfolk on Tuesday, so it'll be interesting to see what he has. 2-0, a two one two ERA, a 1.08 whip in six starts, and opponents hitting just 189 against him. So uh, certainly with all of Chris Tillman's struggles, and we'll get to that in a moment, uh, it's, it's nice to have the, the doubleheader necessitates having another pitcher up here. It'll be interesting to see how this guy does making his Major League debut. Uh, And he was up once before, but did not pitch in a game. Makes his Major League debut, and uh, he is out of Tennessee Tech. Uh, The Orioles drafted him in 2014. Alex Cobb will start the nightcap uh, for the Birds, and the Rays are starting Chris Archer in Game 1, who the Orioles have had success against in this ballpark. So, again, Chris Archer, one of their best pitchers. Uh, Matt Andrees will uh, take the ball uh, for Kevin Cash in game two. Now, as I said, they won their third straight last night. Manny Machado, a two run homer. Later in the game, a grand slam, which really kind of put it away. But again, the story big story Kevin Gosman, uh, two runs in seven and a third innings. Uh, he gave up 11 hits last night. So, it's not like the Rays didn't have opportunities. But he limited the damage, he made pitches when he needed to, he struck out six, Mark Trumbo and Chance Sisko also hitting home runs uh, for the Orioles. Trumbo's an opposite field shot over the wall, uh, over the scoreboard wall in right field. So three straight wins in a row now for the Orioles, and that's the first time that's happened this year. They improved to 11 and 27, and we'll see where this takes them. Certainly, this weekend with Tampa in town, uh, a team now that's, uh, I guess, five games under 500, uh, because they were 15 and 19, I think, coming in last night. So, five games under uh, 500. But uh, again, this is a situation where, you know, the schedule's a little bit easier for the Orioles right now as opposed to what it was throughout most of April. And, uh, you might be able to catch a break here and there, and maybe grab this series, win three out of four, or at least split it. And if you can do that, I'd say uh, you're, you're you're seeing some positive signs. Certainly with Gosman, you you definitely need to get uh, Bundy back on track because he's had a couple in a row now that have not been very good. Uh, you know, so with this team, uh, the offense seems to be coming around a little bit more. Uh, than what we saw in April, so I, I think if you're an Orioles fan right now, you you want more than anything else, a little bit of stability to see all of the negative things that happened at the beginning of the year and into the first month of the season kind of stabilize and you know string some wins together, feel good about yourself, go forward, and then look up in about another month or so and see where you are record wise and and then you know we'll 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 see what this team does with some of the decisions going forward now the Nationals last night they won for a second straight game uh... our second straight day in Arizona uh... winning three to one again the story pitching as it usually always is for the Nationals Max Scherzer last night uh... he goes seven innings gives up a run on four hits he struck out eleven so double digit strikeouts again uh... for Scherzer and as it's going right now, it's seven and one, and with an ERA of 1.69, he could possibly, very possibly, be on his way to a third straight Cy Young Award. And if that happens, that would be just unheard of to win three straight. Uh, but he, right now, he's the most dominant right-handed pitcher. In the game, and I and I get what everybody says about Clayton Kershaw being the best in the game, and this and that. But he certainly had his struggles this year, and of course, Kershaw throws from the left side. But when when you look at consistency and you look at the overall numbers and performances that he has turned in, uh, Max Scherzer certainly is among the best uh, in the um, in 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 the National League and in all of baseball. So. Again, that was a big night for the Nationals. They get home runs from Trey Turner uh, in the game, uh, Anthony Rendon in the game, and even Scherzer helped his own cause uh, last night with an RBI double up the gap in right center field. So uh, this is being done against a team in the Diamondbacks who lead the West, the NL West, but they they can't win this series since it's a four-game set and the Nationals have already taken the first two games. And keep in mind, this is a team that has not lost a series yet this year. So good things happening with the Nationals. They've climbed back in the National League East uh, race just a couple of games out uh, in the loss column. So a lot to talk about today, including the moves that were made by both teams yesterday. Orioles placing Chris Tillman on the 10-day disabled list with a bad lower back. He did have an MRI yesterday, something we didn't know about earlier in the day. But then we found out that he did have an MRI, Buck Showalter, confirming that and said that the DL was the obvious course of action. Now I know there's a lot of fans out there saying after these last two, which he didn't make it out of the first inning two starts ago, and he only won an inning and a third this last time out. I know there's fans out there saying, you know, you got to designate this guy for assignment, send him to the minor leagues or something. Now he has that option, I think, to, to refuse uh, the the assignment to the minor leagues. Uh, and, and I quite frankly, I asked him uh, after the game on Thursday night if he has a handle on any of this or any ideas of how to go about fixing it. And other than just saying, you know, working in the pen and making sure he's doing all that he can do to try to right this ship, uh, he, he feels like he's got a handle on it. Well, the results certainly haven't shown that. And... In in a lot of our opinions, it would be very, very difficult for the Orioles to send him back out there. So this, to me, is more of a uh, stopgap measure, if you will, no matter how bad the back is. And and he threw a couple of wild pitches the other night that were five feet off the plate to the backstop. Mm -hmm. So uh, mechanically, I think he's messed up. Uh, Who knows whether or not he's hurt uh, physically and, and before he had the MRI in the back, he told us Thursday night that he, he was healthy and he's fine. So you can only go by what he's really saying. We're not doctors, but again, they, they do the MRI in the back. He winds up with back stiffness, so he is on the disabled list. Uh, so whatever he found against the Tigers, which caused him to have a real good start and pitch deep into the ball game, he lost that in the last two starts. So... We'll wait and see what happens with Chris Tillman, and we'll get uh, some observations from Stan coming up here in a few minutes, and also uh, later on when we talk to Steve Moleski, because I'm sure he has some thoughts on this matter as well. And now, the Nationals yesterday made some moves as well. Uh, Matt Wieters on the disabled list, a left hamstring strain. They recalled Spencer Kieboom from AAA uh, to take the spot on the 40-man roster, and as a result, They transferred Adam Eaton, who had arthroscopic surgery on his left ankle on Thursday, to the 60-day DL. Uh, Again, Eaton uh, came back. He played. He was a force in the top of that lineup at the beginning of the year. Uh, But then, you know, he wasn't running all that well. And uh, he had been sitting out. They placed him on the 10-day DL. Uh, But then he has the surgery, so we'll have to wait and see when Adam Eaton is able to return. But uh, to make room for Kibum on the roster, on the 40-man, they wound up uh, going ahead and placing him on the 60-day DL. So, on the show today, coming up, Stan DeFan will join us in the first segment. We'll get observations uh, from him about what he's seeing. And then at around 10.40, Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post will be joining us to talk all things nationals including uh, what's going on with the roster moves and uh, some of the other things. Uh, and now it looks as though the Nationals, after a slow start and that 11-15 and 15, uh, month of April, the, they've certainly righted the ship and got themselves uh, going offensively. The pitching is back to being what we think it should be most of the time with the Nationals. Uh, so uh, we'll get uh, Chelsea's take on that. Then at 11, Steve Molesky from MassAndSports.com will join us uh, to talk more Orioles, some positives, of course, first three-game winning streak of the year, and uh, after Steve we will sit down with the ex-national and now Tampa Bay Rays outfielder, Denard Spann, one of my favorite guys in the world because I covered him in Washington, got to know him a little bit, and uh, y- you root for guys like him and also Wilson Ramos, Uh, who's catching now with Denard, and and it's kind of interesting. Their careers have kind of paralleled one another, if you will, because uh, they were both with Minnesota. Then Ramos got traded to the Nats. A couple of years later, it was Denard got traded to the Nats, and now they're both playing together in Tampa Bay. But with Ramos, uh, even more of a story because this is a guy that's coming off two knee surgeries, and the second time he blew out his knee – His final year with the Nationals, he was in the middle of a career year and in his walk year from a contract standpoint. So that second knee injury certainly cost him a lot of money. But as as Denard told me yesterday, they're both still in the major leagues and still making contributions uh, to their ball club. So uh, we'll talk to Denard, and we'll also uh, hook up with Bill Latson from MLB.com. His Yankees are going pretty well right now. Uh, and uh, you think about the the All-Star game being in D.C. this year, Bill's working on a number of different projects uh, leading up to the All-Star game uh, for MLB.com, including talking to a lot of the nationals, former nationals, who were a part of that first team in 2005 after they moved from Montreal. So that's what's coming up for you on the show today, and we're going to go out to the phone lines right now and bring in Stan the Fan. Stan, good morning. How are you? Craig, I
3: was listening to those two players you were talking about, and it was remarkable how similar their careers are to ours.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Different place, yeah. different places, but we wind <laughs> up the same place all the time.
3: <laughs> right. Exactly. How exactly. are you? How you doing? I'm all how right. How you doing?
1: I'm all right. Uh, what's a uh, good time on vacation? Thanks for taking the time. Yep. Number one.
3: Oh, I'm happy to. I'm happy to be a part of the show, and it's great that you got Steve Molesky on, who's been really on top of things with the Orioles. Well, listen, uh, they're still not in a great situation, but you got to like the offense the last three days, uh, actually four days. Even the game we lost, fifteen to seven, they put up a seven spot, uh, and now these three wins in a row, they're averaging eight runs a game. Uh, not to not not to puppet what Buck always says, but. At some point in time, somebody's going to pay for it when you're going as poorly as they had been offensively.
1: Well, and that's another reason why Buck always says when the Orioles are going good, uh, and if another team is 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 not playing well, you know, Buck will always tell you, I don't want to face them right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, yeah it, exactly. It, it runs both ways. Now the Orioles today play the doubleheader against the Rays. Three uh, o'clock start, three o five start, and it is one of those uh, old time doubleheaders, two for the price of one. Uh, David Hess called up from uh, Norfolk. He's going to get the start uh, for the Orioles. 2-0, a 2-1-2 ERA, 1.08 whip in six starts. Opponents hitting 189 against him. And, and Stan, this is a guy the Orioles drafted out of uh, Tennessee Tech back in 14. And really, with I mean, the doubleheader certainly necessitates you having to bring up another pitcher. But with what we've seen out of Chris Tillman, the last two times, forget the fact they placed him on the 10-day DL. Uh, I would say this is a a very good move by the Orioles to give this guy his Major League debut and see what he's all
2: about.
3: Yeah, well, they've got two pitchers that have been pitching pretty well, and I saw the other one Thursday night here in Durham. Uh, I saw Jeffrey Ramirez, Uh the guy they picked up for some international signing bonus money. I think it was last year from the Yankees, and I think he won like – 15 or 16 games between the minor league team he was pitching for, for the Yankees and uh, Bowie, I think Uh, he looked, uh, listen, uh, nobody's a bigger fan than Chris Tillman. But, you know, when somebody is pitching at the level he is, there's either something wrong or there's something over. And let's hope that there's something wrong in a way and that maybe now with uh, the use of the um, designated uh, – uh, the uh, disabled list, that they'll be able to maybe get him 15 or 20 days in the minor leagues and maybe three rehab starts where maybe he can work on some things and, and be serviceable when he comes back. I'm not real optimistic about that, Craig, but at least there are two young arms even before you get to Hunter Harvey and the cadre of young pitchers they've got below – that that look like they could be serviceable major league pitchers or better, and that's David Hess and who I've never seen pitch, and uh, Jeffrey Ramirez, who I did see be, beat the uh, um, pitch a hell of a game the other night against uh, uh, the Durham Bulls.
1: Well, let me ask you this, uh, and this is something we were all kind of throwing around in the press box uh, last night, in that uh, beginning of the in Buck's pregame presser, we find out that Tillman has an MRI on his back. And his lower yeah. back, turns out that he's got a strained lower back. Uh, so the 10-day DL definitely necessitated coming out of the MRI. That said, obviously the conspiracy theorists automatically think, well, after his last two starts, uh, this is just a stopgap measure into trying to figure out whatever they're going to do with him. And we were, we were talking amongst ourselves last night that after the last two, first one he didn't make it out of the first inning, then right. he goes then he goes an inning in the third and just gets belted around the yard. Uh yep. it's really tough for a lot of us to imagine how the Orioles can give him the ball again unless he goes down to the minor leagues in some way shape or form and tries to figure this out.
3: I I totally agree and what they've done is they've done it in listen teams are pretty creative this way and i'm i'm not 100% saying that this is all a a, make, uh, a made up thing because chris at a certain level has some integrity and uh you know you'd like to believe that he's not just going to sign off on it but teams are able to massage and use his DL now this buys them I think it's 20 days in the minor leagues from the time he takes his first rehab assignment back could be before starts uh, Craig with uh, Mike Griffin working with him maybe on restructuring something coming up with a different arm angle or sing because let's be quite blunt about it what's what's in the offing here is uh, an outright release if this is this is Chris Tillman. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, Chris has got some incentive uh, and motivation too to want to make this thing right. And I'll tell you something, Chris, uh, Craig, I'm keep calling you Chris tonight Uh, (laughs) with, with Dylan Bundy's performance the other day, you wonder if there isn't something wrong with both of them. And, and it might be minor, but you know, when a team is going as bad as they are, they want to suck it up and, and, do well for the team, and sometimes performers—we've all seen that, Craig, where they'll actually do harm to a team by thinking they're doing the right thing by taking the ball when maybe discretion is the better part of valor.
1: Right, and there, you know, you always want to help your team, and you admire the guys that want the ball every fifth day. But yeah. I, I kind of feel like—I mean—and for as well as we know, Chris Tillman, down through the years. And and when you're going through something like this, as Buck always says, you feel bad watching him go through this. But at some point in time, uh, what's best for the team is always the number one priority. But in this case, it really is. And uh, you know, I I think even Chris Tillman would tell you at this point, he's got to figure something out.
3: Yeah. Well, the 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 thing that listen, if it was if Bundy had been pitching just fine the last couple times out, and the team was 500, it wouldn't be as pressing a problem as it is right now. Right. And you you also have, uh, and this is a part of the equation, you can't expect fans the night that Chris Stillman is pitching right now to be very excited about going to the baseball game.
1: Well, and when he came out of the game the other night on Thursday night, yeah. uh, the the reception going from the mound to the dugout was not favorable.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, and Chris understands that, but you know, for all that he's done and listen, none of us get a free pass in life. Uh, you know, you, you've got to, it, it's a results driven business. So is entertainment and what we do. Um, but you know, Chris Tillman just hasn't been the same pitcher since he hurt that shoulder in 16. And that's part of this too, Craig. This is not just a bad start by Chris Tillman. This is a bad year and close to three quarters at this point.
1: Yeah. And I was talking to a scout the other night. I said, I just said to him, I said, what are you looking at? And what are you seeing, right. seeing here? And he says he just doesn't have it right now. He says there's no, there's no command. There's no velocity. Uh, he says he's, he's just struggling with everything he's trying to throw up there. And he, he says there's, there's no finish on the pitches. And he says he, he doesn't know whether he can figure it out in terms of meaning Chris figuring it out. He says because he looks totally lost on the mound. And mechanically, he's messed up. I mean, Stan, when, when a guy throws a wild pitch, you know – at least yep. it's bouncing in front of the catcher. He threw two wild pitches the other night that were five feet into the left-handed uh, hitter's batter's yeah. box, yeah, and mechanically falling off the mound, you know, weirdly, if you will, uh, throughout his delivery. So something's messed up mechanically.
3: Yeah, and and he's no just, question about it. And, totally uh, out of whack. Yeah, t- that's the best way to put it. That it's something out of whack. You know, listen, I would. I, Look, it's easy for me to say, Chris Tillman's got still the potential to earn a lot of money in his career. I wish he would actually be more proactive with the team and say, hey, I'm willing to take an outright assignment to try and figure this out. Because I got to tell you, the thing about 20 days and four starts while I, while I championed it a few minutes ago I think what Chris, the only thing that can save him now, if he is in fact healthy, is sort of a whole redo on his delivery, at arm angle, uh, and something where he can get he can predictably throw strikes again. Um, and and you know when when we saw Chris Tillman, you know, for, from 2012 when he came up through the first half of 2016. We never saw that Chris Tillman that was throwing those wild pitches. That just wasn't part of his repertoire. Uh, So something either mechanically or physically is wrong with Chris Tillman. Uh, I'd like to think at his age that he's still not done, but I think he's got to really look at reinventing himself a little bit as a pitcher and realize that the Chris Tillman that we saw those four seasons – is not going to be the guy that comes back to the major leagues and is successful.
1: Well, you know, when you talk about reinventing yourself, here's a guy that threw mostly ninety four to ninety six when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. But when when you talk about reinventing yourself, I automatically think back to a guy like Frank Tanana, who threw ninety eight, but yep. then but then through injury and things of that nature, he did have to reinvent himself and. Instead of being the thrower with the hard stuff, he became a pitcher. I mean, a real pitcher that that could paint the corners, throw the off-speed stuff, keep guys off balance, and he made a living at it. Now, whether or not Chris Tillman can get to a a point where he's that guy or something close to that, I I think the jury is out on that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know I don't know because here's the difference while he while he did have the ninety five and ninety six Chris was a fairly complete pitcher he didn't you know when when Tanana was at his prime and throwing ninety eight uh, he was a strikeout pitcher Chris has never been a strikeout pitcher but Chris has been a smart pitcher yeah. that knew at certain times he almost had to use a reverse changeup and get that extra one or two miles an hour at key moments in a game that was there in reserve for him. Uh, This Chris Tillman doesn't have that, and he doesn't have the pitchability, the consistency of um, execution that the Chris Tillman from four or five years ago had. Well,
1: you know, we got a doubleheader today. Now, Hess will get the ball in the first game. Alex Cobb will start the nightcap for the Orioles, and the Rays are going with Chris Archer in game one. So, you're coming up, you're making your Major League debut, and you got to go against Chris Archer. So, I mean, I, yeah. say, I say indoctrinate the kid right away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, and it, it, I, know you, I know you're short on time. Uh, But but more intriguing to me is what the hell's going on with Dylan Bundy right now. And I haven't literally seen the last couple starts because I've been away. Uh, What are you seeing? And is the groin injury a possibility as to what's been causing the issues with him?
1: Probably somewhat. And and Buck indicated that the other night in terms of him pushing off. And, you know, you you pitch as much with your legs, Stan, as you do. you know, with your arm and, you know, to be able to do what he does. Uh, I'm assuming that has a little bit to do with it. But again, in, in talking to a couple of people that, that no pitching, uh, they were just saying the uh, ball's kind of flat right now. Buck yeah. talked about it being maybe like a spring training dead arm period. It'll be very interesting to see uh, what he does his next time out, because certainly they need him uh to 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 be very good along with gosman who's been really really good
3: yeah gosman has really stepped up and uh, with Kashner and cobb three-fifths of the rotation looks fairly locked and loaded right now um figuring out those other two spots but the good news is that the offense um with the return of uh, scope and trumbo the offense is looking a lot more like what you would expect and it's still in my opinion it's always been a flawed offense in terms of the on-base percentage uh, of these guys, but but at least uh, they can do some damage again. It looks like.
1: Yeah, and you know one of the things Manny said last night after a two-run homer and a grand slam, but he also saw Cisco and and Mark Trumbo go out of the yard, and you know he talked about the fact that both Trumbo and Jonathan Scope are in the lineup for really kind of the first time this year together since Trumbo came back off the DL along with scope uh, and Chris Davis, you know, had a couple strikeouts last night, but he also had a couple of hits as well. So yep. we'll see. And
3: I uh, know at a key moment in the game for Gosman, and I, again, I wasn't there, but I was following it for multiple reasons. Uh, I got Kevin Gosman on my fantasy baseball team <laughs> uh, scope. And, uh, by the way, I wanna tell you it is really all about my fantasy baseball team. How bad has the Orioles offense been all season long? Yeah. Who do they really who do they really open it up against? Ian Kennedy, right. member of my fantasy baseball team. Exactly. I mean when I saw that Tillman had given up like six runs in the first inning and the third I'm going well, I, you know. I hate that the Orioles are losing, but at least my pitcher's pitching well. Right, and then all of a sudden, it was four
1: four innings, four innings, four yeah. innings, nine runs, eight hits. There you go. Yeah, unbelievable, <laughs>
3: unbelievable. Well, all we, right. We well, also I know you
1: got a we also I know you got a full to... K, a full show ahead of you.
3: Do you you need me anymore? Uh,
1: no, I'm fine. All right, you listen. Know. I really appreciate
3: your filling in. Uh, as as host and co-host these past 2 weeks.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you said covered that. Next week. I I'm glad <laughs> you said that because I can be here next week, but on the 26th and then on the 2nd of June, <laughs> you oh, you won't be seeing oh. me. <laughs>
3: All right. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, listen, many thanks and uh, thanks Chelsea and Steve and uh, Bill Watson, and uh, and everybody else. And uh, I appreciate it. I'll see you this week at the yard.
1: All right, Stan. Take care. Hey, and, and go Caps. Hey, they, how about they that?
3: got a big win last night. Yep. yep. Big four, win last night. Four to Boy, two. That was, some, that was some turnaround in five seconds where the the Tampa Bay Lightning scored a goal, which was disallowed because they had too many men on the ice, and they get a two-minute penalty. And Ovechkin scores, and with seven five seconds left in the second period, the right, first, period. first period, first unbelievable, right? and unbelievable. That, that
1: penalty uh, resulted in a power play, and uh, Ovi from the uh, right out in front with a with a with a slap yeah. shot, and uh, you know.
3: I just hope the Caps aren't too busy congratulating themselves yet, because they're they're a tricky team, and Tampa is a really good team, and the Caps better keep their A game on. Uh, on uh, display.
1: Well, Tampa is right. a real good team, but I think the the Capitals have at least one advantage at this point in that Brayden Holtby's playing some great hockey right he's now. He's playing
3: great. He really is. Really and that, is. And that's the, right, the,
1: that's the one thing you need in the in the NHL playoffs is a hot goaltender.
3: You got it. All right, Craig. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Take it no easy, problem. Stan. Bye.
1: All Bye. right, Stan, a fan who is down in North Carolina, and uh, we are going to take a timeout. And when we come back. We will uh, hear from Chelsea Janes, uh, who is in Arizona with the Nationals, and we'll get her take on what exactly is going on with that team. Other than the two wins, and so far on this road trip, they win two out of three in San Diego. They've taken the first two uh, in in Arizona against the Diamondbacks, against a team that hasn't lost a series all year long. Uh, And then it's a day off as they come back. But then two big games at home on Tuesday and Wednesday of this upcoming week And that's uh, the New York Yankees in town uh, with some interleague play. So that will be very interesting. And uh, the fans down in D.C. should be uh, ready to go. Johns Hopkins Blue Jays, the madness of May is upon us. No question about it. And the uh, Johns Hopkins Blue Jays open the NCAA tournament tomorrow, May the 13th. They'll be taking on Georgetown at 5 p.m. at Homewood Field. The Big Ten champs are coming off a huge win over Maryland last week, and they're looking to start a run uh, to their first NCAA championship since back in uh, 2007. So Johns Hopkins host Georgetown tomorrow at 5. Get your tickets and find out more by going to hopkinsports.com. Visit
0: Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious b before you got to get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster, Wings Beer Sports, available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details.
4: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka looks at the final NFL draft for Ozzie Newsom as Ravens' general manager and how he's built the franchise over the last two decades. Additionally, what does the future hold for UMBC after their historic NCAA tournament win over Virginia? Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: Arena football is back in Charm City. The Baltimore Brigade, presented by MedStar Health, return for another season of football action at Royal Farms Arena. Tickets start as low as $14, and they're available at BaltimoreBrigade.com or by calling 667-930-0200.
5: Bring into savings on a new car at Jerry's Toyota, Jerry's Chevrolet, and Jerry's Mitsubishi. Save a lot of money at Jerry's with free financing on over 800 new cars and trucks in stock. Jerry's has incredible springtime deals, like monthly payments as low as $129 a month on new Toyota RAV4s, Camry's and Chevy Malibu's and Cruises. Looking for a new SUV with third row seating? Well Jerry's has a great selection of models including Toyota Highlanders, Chevy Traverses and the Mitsubishi Outlander. If that's too much and you are shopping for a new crossover Jerry's has great deals on new Toyota CHR's, Chevy Trax and the all new Mitsubishi Eclipse. Plus right now at Jerry's get huge savings on over 200 pre-owned cars, trucks and SUVs. Do it! Visit Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road or Jerry's Chevrolet and Mitsubishi on Joppa Road and online at jerrysitsaboutyou.com. Special financing and lease payments with approved credit through dealer-designated lenders. Sale ends 4-30-18. Okay, so
0: what do you get when
5: you combine the Chick-fil-A Vanilla Ice Dream
0: and their Simply Orange juice? Well, introducing the all-new Frosted Sunrise from our friends at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. It's perfect with breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Nothing refreshes like the Chick-fil-A Frosted Sunrise. And hey, if you prefer lemon, try the Frosted Lemonade. Don't forget to think about Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square as well. For all of your catering needs, graduation parties coming up, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center.
4: Are you looking for a great deal? Maybe you need that perfect affordable outfit or clothes for growing kids. Or maybe you're looking for that hard to find collectible. Visit Goodwill today. Shop with a mission and find everyday low prices on thousands of items including brand name clothing, stylish accessories, shoes, and furniture. Come to Goodwill and see what you can find. When you shop at Goodwill, when you donate to Goodwill, you will help someone find a job. To find a store near you, visit give to Goodwill Kyle, here's the thing. Since we're streaming live now every day at
0: Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, video-wise... I'm going to need you to step your game up when it comes to what you wear to work every day from 10 to noon. Uh,
5: I hear you. I mean, I f- I'm, they can't see my legs. I can still wear the chaps.
0: Okay, that's fine. I just don't understand for me why they have to be assless chaps.
5: I have the chaps that I have.
0: Well, okay. And I have the toes that I have. This is what we do every day from 10 to noon. Glenn Clark, Kyle Ottenheimer. For Glenn Clark Radio, I'm not sure that you'll learn anything. I'm not sure that you'll ever really be entertained. But afterwards, it's going to be a pleasant experience for all involved.
5: It, how does that work?
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. Glenn Clark Radio and Facebook.com slash
1: Sports. And welcome back to the Bat Around. Craig Heist in for Stan the Fan this uh, Saturday and uh, the 12th of May. And some we got Johns Hopkins lacrosse coming up. Tomorrow, big game against Georgetown. So we're going to talk about that a little later on today. But also, uh, more baseball talk for you right now on the show. And to do that, and to help us do that, Chelsea James of the Washington Post uh, is out in Arizona with the Nationals. And Chelsea, good morning. Thank you so much for getting up and doing this. Yeah, no
6: problem. Thanks
1: for having me. All right. Now, a couple things with this team can't argue with the way they've started this road trip, winning four of the first five games. And in this series, they're, they they can't lose the series. But the good news about that is the Diamondbacks can't win it, and they haven't lost the series all year, right?
6: Yeah, you know, I think the way the Nats started this series has been very impressive. And, um, you know, they get another kind of unproven starter today, and they get to throw Steven Strasburg against them. So it this would be a big series win for them. You know, they've got a pretty tough week, um, both with the West Coast trip here and then, you know, the Yankees and Dodgers at home, whatever the Dodgers are doing, you know, you don't expect them to roll over for the match. So um I you know, I think it's a, a really important stretch for them and if you had told me a couple weeks ago that they'd, you know, have a chance to, you know, win a series against the Diamondbacks in Arizona, I think I would have been pretty surprised. So I you know, I think they're playing well and, and they need it to be.
1: Well, you know, they're playing well, but here's the other part about it is they're still going through the injury issue. I mean, we still haven't seen Daniel Murphy yet this year. Uh, they've transferred Adam Eaton now to the 60-day DL after the ankle surgery earlier this week. Uh, and, and you know, now Matt Weiders is on the disabled list, so they bring up Spencer Keboom. Uh, uh, but to make room on the 40-man, they they move Eaton to the 60-day DL uh, let's talk a little bit about these injuries. Number one, weeders, uh, how serious do they think this is? I know he had the MRI, uh, on the hammy, but what, what are you hearing from this?
6: I don't know. I, you know, I think they are in between. I think they want to see how he going to get back. Um, you know, I, I just heard he was really swollen and, you know, it's always tough to tell if there's anything more going on in the knee when that. I think they're going to wait and check it out, but for the foreseeable future, I don't think, you know, he's going to be around. And, and while that's a blow, I think if there was one guy you could say they could live without, it would be Weeters, just because he hasn't been hitting, you know, I mean, Severino has been the better offensive catcher. And so, but you know, I think they're going to have to think about whether they need to make a move there, you know, but for now, I think Severino's going to be the guy and he's going to get every chance to produce. And he has, you know, he's done everything they've asked of him. And, um, but, yeah, the injuries keep coming, and, and some of them, you know, won't go away, and, and, and the things a blow. I mean, it's just frustrating, I think, for everyone involved that this guy looks so good every time he plays, but he's played you know, pretty much like 30 games in two years, and um, that's obviously not what they hope for.
1: No, it's not. Uh, uh, but you know what? The one thing that has happened uh, through all of this is the fact that, uh, you know, the club is playing well. We see another... Great effort out of Max Scherzer last night. Helps his own cause with an RBI double. They get a couple of home runs, one from Turner, the other one from Rendon. But you know Max right now is out of his mind. He's seven and one. His ERA is one six nine. He strikes out eleven again last and Last night, I think the total is up to ninety one, and that is by far and away leading everybody at this point uh, in Major League Baseball. And if you had to look at it right now, Chelsea. It's, it's not a stretch to say this guy is looking at a third straight Cy Young award.
6: For sure. I mean, obviously it's early, but, you know, I think it's, yeah, I mean, who else is there that's, that's put together this kind of resume? And, you know, for me it's it's just, I mean, it's kind of hard to describe. I think, you know, it's, you know, people appreciate it, but I don't know if people totally understand what they're seeing here because he's sure out 91 batters and we're a fourth of the way through a season. I mean, he is getting better. And and when you think about $200 million contract, I, I don't know if you can find one that's paid off more. I don't know if you can look at a move and say, you know, when the Nationals decided, Hey, Jordan Zimmerman's is not going to be the guy we need to go pay this money to back Scherzer. Right. I can't think of a bigger swing. And, you know, he's just been relentless. And I think he has a, you know, an effect on it run out in our clubhouse. And, um, but like you said, he's getting better. He's he's in line for a third Cy Young. He's in line to start the all-star game in D.C. I mean, everything you would hope he would be able to do, he has done at a time when people are saying, when does the decline start? And I think he's saying that anytime soon. So, <laughs> that's right. And,
1: and, you know, when you think about it, uh, in, in some of the games this year, we've seen him pitch out of... You know, different jams in where he'll, and last night, perfect example for me, uh, after the triple, he winds up striking out the next two guys, you know, and it's like Dave Jagler always tells us on the radio, you know, the difference in what you're seeing now, and you mentioned people don't realize kind of what they're seeing, but what you're seeing right now is exactly what Cy Young Award winners do, and, and he, he is just incredible right now.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think it might be what Hall of Famers do, honestly. Yeah. Um, he, is, he is a rare talent. And when you think about this generation of pitchers, yeah, there's Kershaw, but Kershaw's the planet. Kershaw isn't doing what Scherzer's doing, you know. It's its a different animal. And I think, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that has stood out to me, it's that this guy got his money. You know, this guy has every reason to say, I'm going to be as good as I've been and just try to stay healthy. And he said, I'm going to try to be better than I have ever been. And it's it's something to watch, and it's rare, and it, it's something everybody, I think, should really appreciate because, you know, it's 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 like a once-in-a-generation kind of guy.
1: And he works so hard at it. That's the thing, because you, you think about the start in Atlanta back in April where he gave up the three-run homer in the first. He didn't make it past. Well, he got through six innings, uh, but at the same time, Uh, the pitch count was way up there. Uh, He he kind of battled his way through that, I I think is the safest way to say it. Then he comes back home against the Braves, and he throws a complete game two-hit shutout with, I guess, 10 strikeouts in that one. But, you know, he always talks about... I, I asked him on the field that night, what was the difference, and what did you find out? And he talked about getting more on top of the baseball and figuring out arm slot, arm angle, and things of that nature. All things that were done within a five-day span of watching video and and going back and seeing uh, what he did in the previous start. He's that tireless a worker, and I think that's the one thing that people don't really realize about this guy. Yeah, you, you
6: know, you only see the results of it, I guess, but He's obsessed you know there's no rest and it's you know i think for a lot of people it'd be tough to be max because you know he cannot sit still he cannot just stay where he is and um which isn't the same as not appreciating it because he certainly brings up his successes to his teammates you know in a kind of joking way but um you know i think yeah. he's just unable like unable to sit there and think that somebody might be getting better while he's staying the same. And it's just the thing that you see in all these, you know, obsessed great athletes that somebody else doesn't have. And maybe not everyone would want to think this way, but, you know, I think the Nats are pretty lucky that backs those.
1: Well, let me ask you about a couple other things with this team right now. Number one, from the injury standpoint, with Adam Eaton now down for an extended period of time, that's going to give uh, Dave Martinez uh, a couple of different options. Uh, number one, until – Uh, until Murphy gets back, Howie Kendrick probably mostly at second base, but you have Matt Adams who spells Ryan Zimmerman, but also plays left field, and it would be really, really hard for him to take that bat out of the lineup right now.
6: Oh, for sure, and you know, (laughs) Zinn's a little banged up, I think. You know, he's um, dealing with a a back thing, or whatever they're calling it, from sliding hard into home, And, and he's been fragile this year, you know, and it's it's becoming a little bit of an interesting situation there, but, um, you know, we'll see how long that, you know, becomes a thing But they're lucky in the meantime to have Adams, who's been one of the best hitters in baseball for two weeks. So, you know, this is, I think they've learned lessons over the years, you know, 15, they had a lot of injuries and, um, they tried to be ready for them, but they weren't. And, you know, last year and now this year, they've said we're going to be ready. And Kendrick and Adams and everybody else has really stepped in. Well, so, and, and even, you know, the Eaton injury, they would have been fine had Victor Robles not also gotten hurt. So they right. were ready, um, and they're still ready. And I think you're seeing the payoff. You know, this isn't a team that's going to try to, you know, make its push when everyone returns. This is a team that's going to try to, you know, stay steady until they do and then hopefully take off.
1: Well, and and right now it's working because uh, I think it's 10 of 12 now, and uh, the the fact that they're doing so well on this road trip – Uh, before they come home to face the Yankees for two at Nats Park Uh, you know the other guy that I forgot to mention in all of this too is Rendon being back Uh, and and it certainly looks like uh, coming off the toe injury he is healthy again and is swinging the bat and pretty much back to 100% yeah he
6: looks good he looks like he's about to go off a little bit um, in a good way so I think you know, that's that's just that's another MVP candidate that they get back. And, you know, I think Bryce has been up and down. He's not quite where you would want him to be with his swing right now. But he's also hitting balls that should have gone. You know, he could have had two home runs last night. Yeah. You know, I think he missed by about seven feet combined. So he's 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 there. And you know that when the Yankees are in town, he's going to want to, you know, show them something. So I think, <laughs> you know, you're looking at a pretty, you know, a deeper lineup in this team in a bit. And... Um, that the payoff
1: has been there. Maybe, maybe he wants to show him something for a couple of different reasons, Chelsea. Yeah,
6: definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh,
1: let me ask you this though: through through all of this, through all the injuries, uh, we think back to last year and how this team handled injuries and the people that stepped in, whether it was uh, you know a Wilmer Defoe, whether it was Howie Kendrick, uh, you know when 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 Worth went down, uh, people stepping in and and. You know they didn't miss a beat this year. The division though is a little bit tougher uh with what the Braves are doing, what the Phillies are doing, what the Mets were doing early on, so really you know they're like you said, they're making their run right now after a real tough April, but it looks like they're heading in the right direction and and' it's gonna be the team that everybody expects them to be, yeah, but
6: you know the division's not sort of letting them have it, and I don't think they expected it to um. I don't, I don't really know what to out, but a lot of people are really excited about them and I think they're good, but I don't, you know, I don't think they match up with the Nats in terms of pitching and, and that's how you get through that stuff, you know, right? They're, that's how you go through the ups and downs of the season. They haven't had their downs and the, and they're going to, you know, and the Phillies, I think, are pesky, but the Nats can sort of turn games around on them late like they have for years now. So, um, and the Mets are the Mets, they're, they're you know, perpetually in chaos and and one injury to a starter, and they're a very different team. So, you know, I I think the Nats are in the best position of anyone there, but it's not going to be, you know, a 20-game lead in August like they've seen. It's going to be a fight, and, um, you know, I think in terms of pitching depth, they're pretty well equipped to handle it. But um, I think also mentally they were aware of this from the start, that this wasn't going to be easy, and I think that really helped.
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned the Mets because obviously they traded – Matt Harvey uh, this past week after they uh, DFA'd him basically. Uh, they were able to work out a deal with the Reds where Devin Masarocco comes back over uh, to help out the Mets with the catching situation there, but last night Harvey uh, throws four scoreless and uh, does a pretty nice job for the Reds.
6: Yeah, you uh, seems sort of like the worst case scenario for Matt Harvey. Um, but maybe he needs to get away from New York to figure his stuff out, but um I think that was probably a culture shock to him. And, and obviously the goal there being that that's what he needed. And, you know, so far so good, but obviously a fairly small sample.
1: Very small sample. But if, if, if somebody can get him under control attitude-wise, you know, work ethic-wise, uh, you know the raw talent is there. So maybe something can ha- happen positive uh, for the Reds and Matt Harvey in that situation. Uh, a couple of other things before we let you go, Chelsea James, the Washington Post, Dave Martinez kept telling us throughout April this offense is gonna happen. it's gonna start clicking. then all of a sudden, they hung numbers of I think nine in one game and maybe double digits in the other, and then all of a sudden it started to take off. Uh, he was right about it uh, in that you know in that venue and that and that degree, but uh, Dave Martinez in in terms of number one putting Bryce in the leadoff spot. I know he wasn't there last night and then they finally gave him a day off, but putting Bryce in the leadoff spot, how much do you think that kinda helped jumpstart this thing a little bit? Um,
6: yeah, you know, I think it helped a lot. I think it was just sort of something that, you know, Dave Martinez is going to do that maybe people before him here haven't been. It's just sort of saying, You know what, nothing's working, let's try this and um, and, you know, part of that, is, it's easy to say, let's just shake it up, but you have to have people on board to do that, and I think it's very clear that Bryce is on board with, with uh, Max, and, you know, I, I mean, with Max, with Davey, and, um, you know, I, and what he's trying to do, and so he's willing to kind of get out there and, and try that leadoff spot or try hitting second, so, you know, and, and I think that's just walking down the lineup with guys saying, "Hey, oh, yeah, well, I and, and that's, you know, a good sign for Davey, and
1: Obviously, something that works, and so a good sign for them. All right, and uh, one last thing, and that's the the bullpen. Uh, we saw Matson with a real strong inning the other night. Doolittle, we've seen in the last week have a five out save. We saw him shut the door last night again. Uh, do you see the stability of this bullpen? You know, I know King Kinsler gave up a run. Uh, not, you know, maybe his last outing, not the one last night, but the one before that. But do you see it stabilizing a little bit now?
6: Yeah, I think it'll be stable. You know, they just got to get the workloads down a little bit. And then there's nothing you can really do because they're not blowing people out. But, you know, at some point you're going to have to get some other weapons that can handle those late innings because these guys aren't going to hold up at this current pace. They just, no one never has. But, you know, I think that's sort of the end and the and the way you know, I think those three guys, Kinsler, Madsen, and Doolittle, are you they're so self aware that they've now
2: adjusted this.
6: Okay, like if this is how it's gonna be, we're not gonna play catch. We're gonna prepare for this, you know, we're gonna be used to it and ready for it, but you know, they can do that all they want. They've still gotta, you know, kinda reduce the load on those guys and, and Sammy Solice's arm is about to fall off. But, you know, I think that's again, that's how these seasons go and and the Nets have always been able to get a relieve really mention with the deadline and you know, I think this is probably what they're
1: going to be looking for this year. Well, it'll be interesting to see, number one, with Wieters, how that shakes itself out and just how serious it is. Uh, And then, uh, you know, with some of the other injuries, I mean, to me, going forward, I really, really think this loss of Adam Eaton, while it might not be catastrophic because it wasn't last year, it's still a pretty big blow to this lineup.
6: Yeah, for sure, but I, you know, I don't think they expect him to be out for um, obviously as long as the knee injury. You know, I, I it, you know, if they can hang in there and, and get Daniel Murphy and Adam Eaton back, you know, they're only better for that. So if they can sort of, you know, they have a the, the hardest thing to find is a leadoff hitter, and they've got one ready and waiting there. So you know, again, it can certainly be worse. I think it's frustrating for them because they gave up a lot for Adam Eaton and he can't stay on the field and. You know, it's not really his fault. He had one big injury that sort of screwed him, but, you know, hes it's taken a long time, and, and you just wonder the more surgeries you have on that leg and the more stuff you go through, how much you'll be the same guy when you get back.
1: Yeah, indeed, uh, but I, I just really still think they need him. He's such a catalyst. Steven Strasburg against uh, Troy Scribner today, and uh, it's game number three of the series. Nats have taken the first two. Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post, thanks so much for getting up early out on the West Coast and being with us today.
6: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having
1: me. All right, we'll see you when you get back. And that's a big series when you get back, two against the Yankees. And uh that is Chelsea. We will uh talk a little bit more about the Nationals in terms of uh just what they're doing right now. Uh offensively, things are really starting to come together, timely hitting, uh, they are either with Bryce Harper at the top of the lineup. Last night he hit second behind Trey Turner, but they used Michael uh, A. Taylor uh, in the game earlier this week in San Diego where they gave Bryce uh, a night off. So from that standpoint, some flexibility for Dave Martinez in the lineup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now just uh, where this goes. Uh, they, they've gotten themselves back uh, in into – Uh, you know, respectability in terms of over 500, and uh, seeing where they are now in the National League East, where early on they were as much as six games out. So, you know, from that standpoint, uh, they've made a nice little move. They've closed the gap on the Braves and the Phillies and uh, currently uh, a game and a half behind the Braves and uh, actually now make it, uh, you know, a game and a half behind the Braves, but only uh, two in the loss column. And the Phillies are a half game behind Atlanta. Uh, So, so, you know, the Braves, give them all the credit in the world. Nick Markakis has been a catalyst. The ex-Oriol Ryan Flaherty has been a catalyst from them uh, early on. So uh, they're playing very good baseball. We're going to go out to the phone lines again and bring in our good buddy from MassInSports.com, Steve Molesky, covers the Orioles. And, Steve, good morning. How are you?
6: What up, Heisty?
1: How you be? I'm good. Uh, we got a a lot to talk about and to digest uh, with this Orioles team. Number one, let's get the positive out of the way first. And when was the last time we were really able to say, let's get the positive out of the way first? Three-game winning streak for the first time this year, and the bats have started to come to life. And uh, again, Kevin Gosman continues uh, his progression to being the kind of pitcher that everybody thinks he can be.
7: It was a good outing for him, man. I mean, he give up a career-high 11 hits, and that, that couldn't be six or seven or eight runs. I mean, the Rays had the chance to do that. And Kevin just made big pitches. And, I mean, once again, with this new uh, windup where he brings his hands over his head, he's throwing a high percentage of strikes, a very high percentage last night, again, no walks. And so if you're going to give up 11 hits, Craig, don't give up any walks because that's just going to make it worse. Yeah. He didn't. And he made big pitches, especially in the middle innings, to keep Tampa, you know,
1: at bay. And, and, you know, it's funny you mention that because Kevin Cash said in the clubhouse last night on Tampa's side, he said, we got 11 hits off him, but he didn't walk anybody, and we just got to do a better job of getting some clutch hits. Well, last night he didn't allow that, and that was a big part of the win.
7: And the other part was the much-reliant oil defense had a good night. I mean, Manny and Scope, As I've thought all along, they're going to turn some special double plays, and they did last night. Mancini in left field makes a nice play. Cisco diving, Kyle pop bunt. So, I mean, there were several nice plays behind him, and that's more like the Orioles we've seen for most of the last four or five years. You know, when you get a good pitch game, you want to be able to back it up with that kind of defense.
1: Yeah, and uh, the doubleheader today starts at 3.05 and uh, David Hess gets called up from Norfolk. He pitched last Tuesday, but so far so good, 2 and 0 a 2-1-2 ERA. Nobody covers the minors around here better than you do. What do you know about this kid, and what can we expect to see today?
7: Well, I mean, I'm real excited he gets this chance. You know, he was drafted in the 2014 draft. He was fifth round. If you remember, that was a the draft they didn't have a pick until the third round, and they took Brian Gonzalez third, Pat cannot in fourth, and David has fifth. They had the three pitchers, and they introduced all three after they signed at a press conference at Camden Yards. And David was impressive that day, and he's been impressive throughout his career. I mean, I think what what the media is going to find out in the fans when he's interviewed is this is a real intelligent, articulate, good to interview guy. Provides insight, very smart, and his pitching. It's a four pitch mix. And his fastball is 91-95, probably sits in the middle there somewhere. He believes uh, of his three secondaries, the slider is the best, followed by the curve and the change. But he's told me several times that on a given day, you know, one of the other secondaries could really be on and he might go to that more. But when he's commanding it, that's the biggest thing. He's not wild, but he's not sharp with his control either. He's some, You know, he can have days when he's a little off, but with the command but if if it's going you know the four pitch mix can be fun to watch and he's never been a highly rated Oriole prospect never been one of their top 10 but he's usually been in that 10 to 20 range so he's intriguing guy
1: uh a 189 batting average against and a 1.08 whip in six starts so far this year so I'm very intrigued to see it, but if you're a kid and you're 24 and you're coming up and they say, here's the ball, you're facing Chris Archer, <laughs> does right. that does that add any more pressure to you? <laughs> you're pitching on three days
7: rest. Yeah. I mean, it kind of really put him in a tough spot. Um, they didn't have a lot of – they didn't have better choices. Let's put it that way. They had other choices, but I think Cash earned the right. So it, it's good for the Orioles minor leaguers to see that the guy who did the best got the job that's the way it ought to be right and so right. The, the downside is it is three days rest so I don't know if Hess is one of these guys who's a real creature of the routine and he'll throw him off or he'll roll with the punches you know he'll probably be real excited and keyed up and all the things the guys experience when they get this chance but he's a he's a pretty composed guy I mean in 2015, he impressed me. That year he pitched for Frederick, and he was really good. Late in the year, they promoted him for the Bowie playoffs. And so now Bowie had never won a championship, and those kids really wanted to win. And Hess pitched in some of the biggest games of the year when he hadn't been with the team all year, and he dominated. And it was impressive. So, man, because you, you think, okay, it's a minor leagues; There's not a lot of pressure, but there was because it's the playoffs. Bowie had never won. And there were kids on that team, like Yastrzemski and Mancini, that really wanted to win a championship, and Hess didn't let them down. So that was the first time I saw him pitch extensively, and I was like, man, I'm impressed with this kid. He comes up, you know, he hardly has been, he hardly knows anybody on the team yet, and he pitches in the biggest games, and he pitched two gems.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see what he does today. Uh, I'm happy for him to get the chance, and uh, again, I think you make an excellent point. With the fact that this sends a good message to the rest of the folks down in the minor league level, that you know if you perform, eventually you could get a chance up here at the big league club.
7: Exactly, and I mean, who knows, Craig? Maybe their plan, their plan A was to have Castro make the start, but they needed him for more innings the other night to back up Tillman, and so Castro and Hess might be both uh, the leading candidates to take Chris's rotation spot. And, you know, I I assume Hess will be added as the 26th man today, but that doesn't mean you don't have to option the 26th man out after the doubleheader. He could stay and they could send someone else. Right. So uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe this is his time.
1: All right, well, let me ask you about uh, Chris Tillman. We saw him pitch very well against the Tigers. Uh, Granted, only one game. Looked like he had figured some things out. Then the next two were just horrendous. Didn't make it out of the first inning in the one game and then an inning in the third uh, back on Thursday night. He got, gave up a ton of runs in both those games. Uh, and, and I asked him, and you were standing right next to me, I said, you know, is this something that you know what's going on and that you can figure out? And he just really couldn't give a real good answer to that. Uh, you, We were all sitting in the press box last night thinking, how can they give this guy the ball again? Well, the 10-day DL, because of the stiff back, allows them extra time. But even even if he's ready to come back, you, you cannot see this team giving him another start. I mean, I
7: think the only way that happens is if he goes on a minor league rehab and he looks really good. And so uh, he's just showing nothing right now to think that it's going to happen because just because it's the minors, I mean, I saw Chris Tillman get hit hard by the Potomac Nationals last April at the at, uh, Pitzer Stadium. So, I mean, I, I have a hard time thinking he's going to go on a rehab assignment and all of a sudden everything's going to be better because it's been two years of struggles, and everybody who knows Chris Tillman feels badly from the clubhouse to the dugout to the manager's office to the media who, who have seen this guy be a class guy, and we respect him so much, and we know – the leadership he's provided behind the scenes, and you can just see his teammates. You see the genuine respect, love, and affection for this guy, and it's hurt, it's painful to watch him struggle. The Orioles had to take the ball out of his hand because he would not walk away. Chris will go through a wall. I'll, I'll pitch till my arm falls off. So they had to take it away from him rather than the other way around. So we're just going to see where it goes from here.
1: All right, uh, we're talking with Steve Molesky of Masson Sports and massonsports.com. Now, uh, I will plug this. You will be on with Tom Davis and Dan Connolly today on Wall-to-Wall Baseball on Masson, which starts at 12 noon, correct?
7: Correct, and I think Tom today is not on the show because of the doubleheader. He has to be at the park to do his pregame, Masson. So Mark Viviano, Molesky, Dan Connolly, and Jim Duquette is, a, is, a, is your
1: some well, that's a good, that's a good quartet right there. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if if, I know. if we might the, break out in song, if I was going to say if the TV gig doesn't work out, maybe there's a, a musical uh, situation <laughs> that can be brought about, right? <laughs> oh anyway. man,
7: that would really be great for ratings.
1: Let me ask you this about Blyer last night. He has been so good for this club all year long. And Richard last night just, uh, you know, struggled out of the pen, gave up inherent runners uh, for Gosman. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, he's been so good, it's really kind of hard to put any kind of blame on him.
7: No, certainly I can't. Um, Nineteen a third scoreless ended. It was going to end at some point. I mean, he's a pitcher we don't know, doesn't throw hard. and I, You can't tell from the press box the height of the ball without seeing the center field camera. And, and Blyer probably elevated a few pitches. I mean, that's normally what can get him in trouble because he's 88, you know, so he's got to spot it, he cuts it, he sinks it. There's always late movement on his pitches, which is he says he doesn't look to miss bats. He looks to miss barrels. He looks to get get less than loud contact. And most times this year he has. It's been amazing to watch. You know, this is a time we're obsessed with strikeouts. and so He doesn't strike anybody out. He just throws with good command, get low in the zone. He gets ahead, he sinks the ball, and he gets a lot of grounders.
1: Uh, Offensively, though, what we saw in April uh, was a very sluggish offense. It looks like it's turned itself around now.
7: Well, I mean, I think the Orioles hope so. I mean, the the biggest
1: thing I think that's
7: been, it's not an excuse with injuries because all teams have them, but I think the Orioles were thrilled this week the first time this year they had trumbo and scope in the same lineup you know because trumbo's been out all year scope just came back and coincidentally 32 runs in the four games they've been in there and of course Manny, yeah <laughs> he helped right so i mean it's it's been good to see uh finally it's been long it took too long but finally they scored some runs and we all know the oil offense is streaky, so they might go on a ten-game streak and then have another week where they score three runs or less a bunch of games.
2: Right, it's uh, just
7: possible with this group. But right now, um,
1: they're hitting well. Well, and you know when when you're eleven and twenty-seven and you've won three in a row, uh, you know my way of looking at it is baby steps. At this point, you take what you can get.
7: I, I think the players are looking at it as we just you know at this point look no. Look no further than seven o'clock tonight, or in this case today, three o'clock at the next game, and just go play it and have, try, let's try to take the pressure off, have a little fun, win some games, and 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 if it turns out that we have a good two or three week run, let's see where we're at. No one's, no one in there, Craig, is talking about contending right now. I no, mean, oh, I know that. They just know they buried themselves, and <clears throat> there's nothing left to do but play the game in front of you, and bigger picture hovering over all this is team management. What are they thinking? What are they gonna do? Uh I don't think a three game winning streak means everything is fine and there's no reason to change things, so there still could be stuff coming.
1: Well Alex Cobb gets the start in the nightcap uh for the Orioles. The Rays sending out Chris Archer in game one as we mentioned, but uh Matt Andreess in game two. Uh now Archer's a guy that in this ballpark the Orioles have had success against, as far as offensively, hitting home runs at least. Uh, so, again, hopefully they can get out there and score Hess some runs and make him feel a little bit more comfortable. I'm sure if they get an early lead, maybe he goes out there. Uh, you, you know what the adrenaline is going to be like. Maybe he just goes out there and kind of settles in a little bit.
7: i uh, would be an ideal scenario, you know, get four or five early runs and let him, let him settle in. I'm not sure how long they'll let him pitch, three days rest, he, he hasn't thrown over 100 in any of his Norfolk starts. I think he's been going 85, 90, 95-ish. So that's probably the range they'll take him if he's pitching well. All right. Maybe he gets some five or something like that.
1: Well, Steve Molesky of Mass & Sports and MassAndSports.com, I appreciate the time, and we'll see you out at the ballpark a little later on today. You got it, Craig. Have a good one. All right. That's Steve Molesky. A little thought on the Orioles and uh, some thought on Chris Tillman. Number one, and I think this thing just has us all baffled in terms of you have to figure that if it's not mechanical in nature, he's probably hurt. And if he's hurt, then you got to figure out where, why, and to try to do something about it. But I just cannot see them giving him the baseball again. Uh, you know, to start a game. Uh, not, not coming off the last two that we've seen. He, it, when, when it looked like against the Tigers, maybe he had found something. So we'll wait and see. Uh, we're going to take a timeout now, and when we come back, we will hear from uh, a former national, Denard Spann, and who is uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, playing the Orioles this weekend down at the yard. We'll hear from Denard and a little bit about playing with the Rays, a little bit about his career and how much longer he may decide to play. We'll do that uh, when we come back, but we want to remind you that uh, what could be a better night than a night out at the ballpark with the Aberdeen Ironbirds? How about five nights at the ballpark to five sold-out weekend games? That's right. To learn more about the Ironbirds' best ticket plan ever, get on the line and go to ironbirdsbaseball.com or call them on the phone, 410-297-9292. We're back after this.
0: May madness is upon us, and the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays open the NCAA tournament Sunday, May 13th, when they face Georgetown at 5 p.m. at Homewood Field. The Big Ten champs are coming off a huge win over Maryland last week and are looking to start their run to the first NCAA championship the school has won since 2007. Johns Hopkins hosts Georgetown Sunday at 5. Get your tickets and find out
4: more at Hopkinsports.com. What could be better than a night out at the ballpark with the Aberdeen Ironbirds? How about five nights at the ballpark to five sold-out weekend games? With the Ironbirds Best Ticket Plan, you'll get to see fireworks, a National Entertainment Act, or a special guest appearance every game, while reaping the rewards of a seasoned seat member like a unique giveaway and a priority access to playoff tickets, and special events all for just $50 a seat. For more information, go to ironbirdsbaseball.com or call 410 297 That's 410-297-9292. You and your family don't want to miss out on the Iron Bird's best ticket plan ever.
0: Okay, so what do you get when you combine the Chick-fil-A Vanilla Ice Dream and their Simply Orange Juice? Well, introducing the all-new Frosted Sunrise from our friends at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. It's perfect with breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Nothing refreshes like the Chick-fil-A Frosted Sunrise. And hey, if you prefer lemon, try the Frosted Lemonade. Don't forget to think about Chick-fil-A a nottingham square as well for all of your catering needs graduation parties coming up chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard in the nottingham square shopping center
5: get memorial day savings right now on over 1300 new and used toyotas chevys SUVs, trucks, cars, minivans, etc. at Jerry's Auto Group. Up to $11,000 off every vehicle in stock and plenty with financing as low as 0%. Have you been putting off getting a new or gently used vehicle? Well, it's May and no better time to go test drive one than now. So head over to Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road and Jerry's Chevrolet and Mitsubishi on Joppa Road and online at Jerry's It's About Special financing with approved credit, savings, by model sale ends may 31st
0: respect it's more than a word in the u.s. army it is one of our core values earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad on the army team respect is earned daily and now in addition to earning respect you may earn up to forty thousand dollars in bonuses if you qualify to learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY, paid for by the U.S. Army.
4: KZ, Sari, the NFL Chick KO from the Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show. You can hear it by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash fantasy every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to noon.
2: And you can also check us out on Facebook.com slash Sports.
4: We talk about college football. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the fantasy aspect. We talk about the reality aspect. And we talk about soccer. the the other type of football
2: no no we don't we don't no
4: never no yeah tennis no rugby nope no just football nfl football football. college college football football. every sunday morning 10 a.m to noon press box fantasy and reality football show When I think about things that have
0: over-delivered in my life, I think about Blueberry Pie Oreos, I think about the first Kingsman movie, and now I think about Hammer and Nails in the Owings Mills Metro Center. My first trip to the Ultimate Man Cave Nirvana blew me away. When I got there, I went to the back room. Oh, this is where the magic happens. I got my first ever manicure and pedicure treatment. It was so relaxing. I understand why a lot of guys actually fall asleep back there. The seat was custom-crafted for my comfort. I had a flat screen in front of me with noise-canceling headphones so I could watch whatever game I wanted to, and I was even sipping on a nice adult beverage. Then I went out, and Tracy hooked me up with a really stylish haircut. She took care of me with the shampoo treatment, the hot steam towel. You can even get the close-edge razor shave all at Hammer & Nails Owings Mills. Memberships are available. They make a great gift. On Mondays, you can rent out Hammer & Nails for your corporate event. Trust me when I tell you, this is an experience all guys must have. Hammer & Nails Grooming Shop for Guys, now open in the Owings Mills Metro Center.
1: Welcome back to the Bat Around for this Saturday morning. We're with Denard Band of the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, of course, a former National. And uh, good to see you again, pal. Uh,
8: good to be seen. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, Kevin
1: Cash, in this situation, you know, with a with a, a team that's got some veteran leadership, but also pretty much a young team. Uh, in, impressions of the first month and a half of the season?
8: Uh, yeah, I feel like we've uh, we've answered the bell pretty good. You know, we started the season off one and eight. Um, couldn't catch any breaks. Played some uh, some tough games against the Yankees and the Red Sox. I feel like our first 12 games, out of eight of them, were against those two teams. And um, but since then, we've been playing better ball, and and uh, it's just been a, a, a total team effort from everybody. And and Cash has done a great job.
1: Is it is it safe to say or or accurate to say this is a pretty pesky team?
8: For sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, you know there's, there's not one guy that's going to kill you. I think we you know we're just a uh, a collective group of guys that you know were pesky I'm um, going to have good at bats I'm um, going put the ball in play and put pressure on, on defenses
1: uh, in terms of yourself uh, you think back to the nationals days, uh, and and the playoff teams, and also your last year there, which was yeah. fifteen, yeah. where you only played sixty-one games because of injury, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was time to head off to San Francisco. What do you remember about that? That was number one, maybe frustrating for you. I guess the injury certainly was, yeah. but then leaving an organization where the fans really got to to be a part of your your uh, career there.
8: Yeah, I would say um, two thousand fifteen was probably the the most difficult. Season of my career um, after coming off of a, a career year in 2014 um, it's de- definitely not the way I wanted to um, you know end my career in the in Washington Nationals uniform um, just because of uh, you know just all the all that the fans you know gave to me they gave me life um, you know I was able to um, you know I, I won't say resurrect my career but um, just take my career to an- to another level you know once I got there from Minnesota and I'll always have uh, a great deal of love for. I'm the fans of D.C., that organization, and um, like I've said before, I hope that you know I get the opportunity to um, put that uniform on one day, whether it's as a player, as a coach, um, special assistant, whatever the case might be. Um, but my time in D.C. W- was very special to me.
1: Interesting you say that because that's one thing that that organization has done in terms of players that have been there mm-hmm. and maybe given them another shot You know, a- as a coach, as an instructor
8: yeah I would de- I would definitely you know when that time comes I, I still feel like still feel like I have a couple years left in the tank um, as a player but um, when that time comes I would definitely um, be open to, to revisiting that or revisiting um, you know being in the nationals uniform once again
1: let me take you back to 14 real quick you talked about it being a career year 11 triples I think that year uh, and you've had three years in your career where you've had double digit, mm-hmm triples, le years. How hard is that to do in this day and age of baseball?
8: Man, you've done your research, I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, eleven triples—that's a lot of running. You know, like you said, you know, with 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 all the the speed out there in the outfield and, and guys, uh, you know, all the good athletes out there in the outfield, you know, cutting balls off. Um, I think it just shows a testament to you know my hard work, I guess you can say, and just what I've been able to bring to to this game um, for the last. Ten years.
1: You've always prided yourself at the dish and being a leadoff guy or no matter where the manager put you. But what we remember about you is being that leadoff guy. Mm -hmm. But defensively, Mm -hmm. uh, I know how much pride you take in your defense. And how much did you have to realize that if things aren't going well at the plate, that you you can't take that out into the field?
8: No, I mean, like you just said, I think I've always taken my defense uh, very seriously. I always knew that uh, my glove was going to keep me in the lineup some, some way or another. Um, whether my bat wasn't going, and um, just felt like that was that had to be a given that was a constant I had to be able to like I said bring something you know to the team night in and night out and then once my bat came came alive then it just it just made everything uh electric
1: you came here and the one guy that's in that clubhouse is Willie yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. so uh, uh, the buffalo was with you here yeah. uh what's that been like playing with him and being reunited again
8: it seems like I can't get away from him you know we <laughs> We we both started our careers in Minnesota, and then he got traded to Washington, and then a couple of years later I got traded to Washington, and now here we are again playing together in Tampa. So, um, you know, just just good to to see a familiar face, somebody that I've known for a long time, and and uh, I'm just happy that he's healthy once again, coming off his his knee injury. Um, but you know, he he he's a special player as well, and um, we'll always I know. If, speaking for him, we'll always cherish our time in D.C.
1: I remember too, and and certainly with your history of being banged up and how hard you fight to get back into the lineup, mm-hmm. I know you had to feel for him because that wasn't just one knee operation, it was a second one, yeah. and when it happened in August of that year, he was in the middle of a
8: career year. For sure, yeah, I can say that. I, I, I can relate to him um, a lot in, in that way in the sense of, not only was it he also having a career year, but it was his free agent year as well, and um, same thing happened to me in 2015, you know, I was my free agent year, but I was having a really good season and, and, you know, looking forward to seeing what free agency was going to be like. And, uh, and then you, you get hurt and, and then you, you know, you kind of get robbed of that opportunity, but at the same time, you know, we're still um, pushing forward, you know, we're, we're still thankful to, to be in, you know, in the big leagues and, and Like I said, two, three years later, you know, we're still making contributions at this level. So that's obviously a testament of hard work for him and and myself.
1: Let me ask you something real quick about uh, an issue in baseball right now. When you talk about free agency, you got obviously Bryce this year in in Washington, whose contract is up at the end of the year, Manny here in Baltimore. But over the last couple of years in in free agency, we haven't seen the big contracts for the the big-time players that – I think a lot of the money out there that they thought they were going to get, they're not getting. Uh, how do you see that playing out? You know, you have two pretty highly touted free agents who everybody thinks, are, are, you know, are getting three hundred or four hundred million dollars yeah. in yeah. contracts, and that might not just be that now because of the way things have kind of gone the last couple of
8: years. Well, you know what? Those two guys, I'm not. I don't think anybody's worried about whether or not they're going to get paid. I think um, it seems like the system set up now to where if you're at an elite level like those two guys are you're going to get what you're supposed to get to get what you've all you know what baseball players have always got it's the guys that are right underneath that elite level mm-hmm. that that seem the last couple of years to, to have been getting shafted they're still good players all-star type caliber players but they're not MVP type caliber players cornerstone type guys and those are the guys that have been you know getting shafted and um as a fellow player and um yeah i can definitely you know it's frustrating to see that um see that you know you got a You know, you you have to work your butt off for six years, and then here you are, become a free agent, and and it's it's a flip of a coin whether or not you're going to get compensated or rewarded for that. To me, it's not it's not a good feeling.
1: Last couple of minutes with the Nard Span from the Rays, and uh, you said you feel like you still got a little bit more in the tank. How much more, and how far down the line do you see yourself playing?
8: Um, you know what? I'm 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 gonna play. Until the good Lord tells me, you know, it's time to, to go home and, and, and be a father and be a husband. Um, but if I had it my way, I, I would like to play a few more years. With this team? Uh, with any, it didn't matter, with any team. I mean, it, it's been it's been a joy being here in Tampa because this is my hometown. So, I mean, I've had an opportunity to, to, you know, see family and friends, uh, which I've never had the opportunity to do. So this situation, ideally, here in Tampa – is a great fit, but um, yeah, I'd be open to go anywhere.
1: Certainly, one of my favorite Washington Nationals when he was there. Denard span thanks for being with us on the bounce around. Thank you so much, and certainly one of the top defenders when he was with the Nationals in center field. Uh, Denard span playing left field right now uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. He did that last night. Uh, and uh, he he was always, uh, you know, a, a real good player from a, a defensive standpoint in the leadoff spot. Uh, always, uh, you know, able to get himself on base, be the table setter, be the catalyst uh, to, to be able to set up the rest of his lineup. Uh, and, and going from that standpoint, uh, Denard Spann, a lot of fun to watch. It's just a shame uh that he's had some back issues, he's had some knee issues uh throughout his career but certainly a very exciting player and last night he doubled uh in in the game against the Orioles last night went into second base very very hard and and I thought maybe he might have hurt himself going into second base but nonetheless uh came out of it jumped up and was there uh was stranded on base uh, on base but uh was able to get uh, on base for the uh, Rays. And uh, he's always been a pretty good offensive player, no doubt about his defense. So it's nice to see that Denard Span. Uh, is is doing well down in Tampa, like he said. Hometown gets a chance to go home, gets a chance to play with the next teammate in Wilson Ramos. Uh, so that's kind of uh, worked out well for him. Out to the phone lines right now, and uh, our next guest for about the next ten minutes is uh, a scout for the Houston Astros. We've had him on the show before. He is Hank Allen, former Washington Senator. Hank, good morning. How are you?
9: Good morning to you, Craig.
1: Uh, I got a quick question for you. and 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 the reason we're having you on is because you're you're obviously uh, in, in charge of watching players, taking notes about players, and the two guys that we're trying to figure out right now, maybe one more so than the other, number one is Chris Tillman. Now, he was placed on the disabled list. We find out uh, last night and uh, he's got he had an MRI has lower back issue but nonetheless we, we saw him pitch very well against the Tigers it looked like he had figured some things out but his last two have just been awful didn't get out of the first inning in the in in, in the previous one and and back on Thursday night an inning in a third got got really hammered gave up a bunch of runs from a scouting perspective what are you seeing out of Tillman right now Well,
9: number one, uh, there's no life on his fastball. His curveball is more or less, as we call it in in scouts jargon, just a roller, he's just laying it up there, and he's searching. And right now, watching him, he has no confidence in what he's doing out there. It's almost like he's trying to find and searching for something. He's not able to go out there and just turn the ball loose. Uh, like a pitcher would, you know, an attack hitters. He, he's very defensive in what he's doing, methodical. It's like he has to think over every time that he makes a move out there, but, well, I better not do this, I better not do that. And he's just uncomfortable. And for me, I, I'd have a very difficult time if I had a call from my general manager and ask me, uh, if Tillman's available, would you have interest in him? I'd have to say no. Uh, he might come back and say to me, well, supposing is there something we could do to correct this? I'd have to say he'd have to go back to the minors and start all over mm-hmm. again and, and work on to where he's confident in what he's doing out there on the mound. Now, he says he's not injured. We have to believe that. And if they show that he has a back injury at this point in time, that may be the cause of for some of his problems. But what I'm seeing, he is not able to release the ball with anything on it. So I have to think that there's something more than what we're seeing out there.
1: We're with Hank Allen right now, who is a scout for the Houston Astros. And, uh, you know, I, I'm watching the game the other night in, in the first inning, and I'm watching him. He threw two wild pitches, Hank that were at least three feet off the plate to the backstop and, Mm -hmm. and mechanically falling off to the first base side. And when we, we talk about mechanical flaws and things of that nature and, and how people make adjustments, you know, to correct that, you know, that, that to me was more of a, more than just a mechanical flaw watching him throw the other night.
9: Absolutely. Uh, We call that, when we see a pitcher do that consistently. Now, it's going to happen every so often with everybody. Every pitcher, you know, will turn one loose and comes nowhere near the plate. But in his case, he has a very inconsistent release point. And this is what happens when you're searching, and you're searching to find your comfort level out there. And he has no comfort level at all. You know, you know, there's such a thing as muscle memory. As you watch the pitchers go out there, you don't, you, you don't even have to think about it. You just go there and attack. You get the sign, you got it in your mind, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to go about it. And you do it. Mm-hmm. And he's unable to do that right now.
1: Well, I don't know whether he's ever going to figure it out again, Hank, but you know, this ten day disabled list thing with the with the back uh, certainly buys the Orioles a little bit of time to determine what they want to do with him. But I just cannot see him. I cannot see him getting the ball again unless he goes down to the minor leagues and and you know, now that's one of the things this ten day DL does is when he comes back, he can go out on rehab assignments. And if he throws three or four games down there, and maybe figure something out. Then maybe you bring him back. But as it is right now, I just can't see them handing him the baseball again.
9: I, I, Craig, I I would have to agree with you. There's nothing wrong with going back to the minors, especially where you have an opportunity to work on something. And it gives the Orioles uh, an opportunity to replace him, not to put him on uh, display like that where it's, where it's uh, very difficult only for for it. not only for him, but it's difficult for the organization. It's difficult for the players to play behind him because as you're out there, you're on your heels, and you say, gee whiz, ball one, ball two, ball three, a walk, next guy up, same thing, same thing. And then the base hit in the gap, three or four guys hit, hit one out. You're on your heels constantly, and you're, you lose your focus in the game out there. So it would help everybody within the organization, players, him, everybody else. Now, I can remember, and I'll take you back, and you can remember uh, he pitched for Toronto. And as a matter of fact, he passed this year in that plane crash. Uh, His name will come to mind right now real quick. Oh, Roy Holiday? Roy Holiday. Now, he had trouble. And I can remember back years ago, he went all the way back to Class A to Dunedin when he was in t- Toronto's organization. And he was searching to find himself. I saw him pitch three or four ball games there. I saw him when they moved him from Dunedin to the next level. He went to double-A. He, he, he found himself there. He pitched well there. He left there after three starts, went to triple-A. I saw him at triple-A. He pitched extremely well there. And then I saw him later in the year when he came up to the big leagues and he he reclaimed himself and he took off from there.
2: Mm-hmm. The rest
9: of it was history. He was having the same problems that that Tillman's having right now. Well, now- and, and Tillman's a young enough that he could do that same thing. It's not going to be fixed in 10 days, but it's going to take time. He has to face batters. And once his confidence level comes back where he knows that he can attack hitters and get hitters out, It'll be the best thing in the world for him.
1: Our final couple of minutes with Hank Allen, scout for the Houston Astros. Hank, real quick, uh, Dylan Bundy. Now we've seen him over the just get off to a gangbuster start. Had a great first month of the season. His last two or three have not been very good, and the one, the last one, uh, he got raked for four home runs before he ever recorded an out in the first inning. Uh, and I, I came down to you in the press box. I said, what are you seeing? And you just said, no life on the fastball.
9: That was that particular day. But now in his case, we have to see in his next start, if, if he presents himself in the same manner in this start coming up, then it's cause for concern, but we have seen him two or three starts this year maybe three starts this year and uh, that seven inning game he pitched he was outstanding mm-hmm. he had life on his fastball he was able to locate it he was able to do what he wanted to the hitters that day and he handled them uh, with ease now everything in his case will depend upon how he presents himself in this uh, next start coming up well, he's it's... back where his life sink on his fastball life on his curveball, he's able to finish his pitches, they would say, well, we'll throw that last one out and just say that uh, that's just one for the ages. We'll We'll allow for that.
1: Well, Buck Showalter kind of hinted at the fact that it may have been, uh, to contribute to this, it may have been a little bit of a dead arm period like you go through in spring training.
9: Well, you know, it could have been because everybody's searching right now Uh and you're searching for for the cause and that's something we don't know and see, you you run into that thing that uh dead arm period there's no justification that we could say this early in the year to say that gee whiz already here we are in may the guy's tired his arm is tired we don't know but see he's had a history of arm problems in the past we don't know if there's something there that is causing that or if, if, if in fact, he does have a tired arm. I think a lot of it will, will be told in his next start when he goes out there.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happens because this club has won three straight now for the first time this year, and the offense for the first time consistently this year has gotten itself in gear where, you know, the, the offense, the lineup as it's constructed, is one that's not going to have the big on-base percentage and that kind of thing. But the one thing we know about this offense down through the years is that guys can hit the ball out of the ballpark. That's not always going to relate to or translate into consistent winning. But if you can do what you did last night and get Gosman a bunch of runs, because last night Gosman uh, wound up giving up 11 hits, but no real damage and – you know, the Tampa couldn't get the real big hit. So he minimized everything and boy, what a turnaround he's had since he changed that delivery.
9: Well, that's that's part of what I'm saying. That's exactly what Holiday did. He ran into a pitching coach by the name of Galen Sisko. Yeah. And he adjusted his release point and that was that was all that he needed. And 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 going back to Tillman that may be something that may help him, you know, again. And in, in, in Bundy's case, gee whiz with the adjustment uh, on his delivery was, uh, or not, uh, Bundy, but, uh, with a little adjustment,
2: he mm-hmm.
9: was, he, he was able to take off. I thought he pitched a well, well pitched game last night. Uh, all the hits were spaced, Uh, and so nobody really got to him at all last night, but, uh, we're seeing a guy that we saw two or three years ago that he was going to become, and hopefully he continues on the road that he is right now.
1: Last question before I let you go. Uh, this coming week, the Nats come back home, and they'll be taking on the Yankees. The Orioles are uh, taking on the Phillies at home at Camden Yards. Which series are you going to be at?
9: I'll, I'll be at both series.
1: Oh, okay. Well they're 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 home on the same night, that's why I was wondering. I'm
9: gonna I'm gonna split. I'm gonna split whoever's pitching and if it's somebody I need to see because you know what I do, I scout for trades. Right. And if it's somebody that I think that we might have some interest in, then I'll go go to either place.
1: All right. Hank Allen of the Houston Astros scout and just does great work and also knows the ponies just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we've got Bill Latson coming on right after you. So you know the final you know the final twenty minutes of this show is nothing gonna be bunch bunch of insults with one (laughs) I thought you guys were buddies. Oh, we are, but we still insult each other quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well tell him I say hello and give him my best. All right, Hank. Thank you so much for being with us today on the battery. All right, All right, Hank Allen, you know, I, I forgot to I, – I was thinking about that. All the games, the two games with the Nationals, by, with the Yankees, uh, are at night, 7.05 starts. The one game with the Phillies, I think, is a 12.35 up here on Wednesday. So that's a chance maybe to get to both games. It'll be interesting to see whether or not my car and my health allow me to do that Hey, week. I'll
2: be at both games. Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, with the Phillies? Yeah, with those the Phillies, yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Well, then uh, that's something to look forward to. We're going to ho- try to make our connection with Bill Latson now of MLB.com. And Bill is uh, right now covering the Mets and the Yankees up in New York. He gets to go to all the games at City Field and also Yankee Stadium. Obviously, the Yankees are making a big push right now, uh, playing some great baseball. May be the best team in the American League. And I know that's a tough pill to swallow for everybody here in Baltimore, but nonetheless, when you look at that lineup and you look at some of what the pitching staff has done to this point, it uh, certainly is impressive. And Aaron Boone, uh, a lot of question marks about whether he was the right guy to run this team, uh, but uh, he has done quite a job with the Yankees. And joining us on the phone is Bill Latson of MLB.com and my good buddy, been that way since uh, 2005, Uh, When he used to cover the Nationals on a regular basis and was with the team in Montreal before they moved down here. Bill, how are you this morning?
10: Doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me. Uh, All
1: right. Let's get the painful part of this out of the way first. By the way, I was just on with Hank Allen. You know, we just had him on because we were, uh, we had him on to basically discuss uh, both Chris Tillman and also what he's seen from Dylan Bundy over the last two or three starts from Bundy, which haven't been that great. But we no. ask we asked him about Chris Tillman in particular. And and then when I got done the conversation, I said, by the way, I said, I'm having Latson on for the last twenty minutes of the show. And I said, so you know, Hank, there's gonna be a bunch of insults thrown around. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, as always. As always, but he says hello and uh, to send you his best. So uh hello from Hank thank, Allen. Thank you, Craig. Please All right, see. real quick now you're covering a baseball team right now who you Continually tweet to me and 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 Facebook me and direct message me about how well they're playing, and that's the New York Yankees. And really, uh, you know, I look at the whole overall picture in six weeks, and I say, here's a team that everybody thought with Aaron Boone being the new manager. Some people question that move, right? But now that this offense has started to get into gear, the pitching's been good enough that really, when you, when, you, when you can throw up the amount of runs that they've thrown up during this last stretch, which has been really good, they're going to win a lot of ball games.
10: I think so, Craig. I think what's so interesting is the young, the young players they've been playing. Uh, labor Torres, uh, uh, Andujar at third base. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in all my years of watching Yankee baseball, Craig, I've never, I don't recall the Yankees using so many young players at the same time. And yes, they had Jeter and Pettit and Bernie Williams, but they also had a lot of veterans in there, too. So uh this is very, very interesting. This is really a young team, and uh I think they'll keep it up.
1: Well, it's interesting because from a pitching standpoint, a lot of people were, were really questioning whether that starting staff was going to be good enough for them to, 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 to really be a, a true playoff contention team. We saw them go one game away from the World Series last year. I don't think necessarily the starting staff, while there may be some questions, a C.C. Sabathia, for example, uh, but nonetheless, overall, I think this starting rotation is good enough to compete. You know,
10: Craig, I I still – I'm not totally comfortable with the starting staff. And, yes, they have one of the best records in baseball, but I'm not crazy about Sonny Gray. Uh, He lost yesterday. D.C. Sabathia, you know, how much did we have left in the tank? Right. So, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery's out for a while. So, I mean, we, we got to, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait until the end of the season before I may draw a conclusion regarding the rotation. Well,
1: does, does that mean now that you're going to do this and, and until you wait until the end of the season to draw a conclusion, does that mean I've got four more months of – Say one week, uh, you know, this Yankee team doesn't have what it takes to go all the way.
10: <laughs> Two,
1: after they reel off five or six in a row, say, man, this Yankee team is the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah, because,
1: I mean, because I'm going to tell everybody right now, this is what my life with Bill Latson is all
10: about. Hey, man, this is the Yankees. Hey, man, you know the Yankees, I've been following this team almost all my life.
1: Well, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs>
10: <laughs> and, and, and I tell you, though, um, i like to see them win with this young team. Um, it would be really, really good because all my life I've seen basically nothing but veterans. Yeah. So um, it would be nice to see them win with the farm.
1: Well, I, I, I go back to what you and I were talking about earlier this week on the phone, uh, and that's Chris Tillman and his struggles. Uh, they they put him on the disabled list last night after an MRI revealed some back issues, lower back issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, it, you know, at the same time, with everything we've seen out of him this year, and there's really only been one good start, and that was three starts ago against the Tigers. The two that followed, he didn't get out of the first inning in the first start, and then an inning and a third this past Thursday, given up, excuse me, a ton of runs and just getting beat around, not knowing where the ball is going to go. So yeah. they play a doubleheader today against the Rays, and, the, and it's a straight doubleheader, and it's a makeup from the rainout back in April, the first time Tampa was in town. And right. David Hess has been called up uh, from Norfolk, the AAA affiliate, who he is 24 years old. He was their fifth round draft pick in 14 out of Tennessee Tech. And so far this year, he's two and zero, a two one two ERA, a one point oh eight WHIP, and opponents' batting average against is a one eighty nine. So if any, but he's but he is pitching on three three days rest. They put him in a little bit of a tough situation that way, and making his major league debut against Chris Archer today. So yeah. it'll it'll be interesting to see what he has, and it'll be interesting to see. Though, with those numbers at AAA, there's no question he deserves to be up here and get a, get a look, especially when you have a guy like Tillman pitching the way he's pitching.
10: You know what, though, Craig? You've got to give not only him a chance, but I think you've got to look into the future when it comes to the Orioles. Because with the record they have, I, I think you have to clean house. I really do. I think you have to trade your veterans, the, the Machados. Um, the, the, uh, the Adam Joneses of the world, see if you can trade them for some great prospects. Because right now, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, I know you and your fans know this, that the Orioles don't have a farm system right now. And, and I think they need to trade their veterans right now. I think so. I really believe that. So, uh, Well,
1: it'll be interesting to see. I don't think you're going to get as much from Machado right now as you would... As you're closer to the deadline and teams really become interested because they feel like if they add a piece like Machado, they can make a push themselves to get themselves in the playoffs and maybe win a World Series. Uh, right. Jonathan Scope still has a year on, left on his contract. Uh, th- there's no question about it. you got a young catcher in, in the wings in Chance Cisco. He had a home run last night. Uh, we'll, we'll see how his progression goes, but you're right. To a large degree, this team has got to get younger and, and, and as you always like to say, and I disagree with you a lot of times on this about playing the kids, uh, mm-hmm. but in this particular instance, I could certainly see why you'd say that.
10: Yeah, I mean, because you know, we, we saw with the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals had a, you know, they started when they first came to D.C. they started out with a with a veteran squad, and then it, they started to—they've started to be horrible. And then you know they—they they brought in you know Mike Rizzo, and he turned things around by improving the farm system, you know, and bringing all these kids, and it worked. We saw it work. Yeah, and I think the, I think the Orioles should do the same thing.
1: Well, and the other thing is you—you you, you have a situation in Baltimore where both Dan Duquette and also uh, Buck Showalter. Are in the last year of their contract, so That's it,
10: unfortunate.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: and 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 unfortunately, you know, especially when it comes to Buck in my, you know, instance, I think we know what kind of a manager he is and how respected he is throughout the game. It's, but I also think deep down, I think he'd like to run a club. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: from that standpoint, you know, does that mean Duquette's out? Does that mean Buck goes to the front office? What's that mean for Brady Anderson? These are all all. Questions that have to be answered between now and the time next year rolls around,
10: and to be honest with you, Craig, it should be answered now. Yes, because I mean, I mean, why why are you going to wait until the off star break or even the end of the season? Do it now. Well, and that's they, the
1: they, other, they, that's they the down. other that's the other point about it is, especially when it comes to Duquette, is if you know he's not coming back, or and most people don't think he'll be back. Right. If you don't think he's coming back, why would you? Let him be the one making the decisions on the future in terms of any trades or anything like that between now and the deadline uh, that may happen with Machado or Jones for that matter or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, if he's not going to be the one to be here long term,
10: right? Right. I tell you, Andrew Jones. I mean, excuse me, Adam Jones is the interesting one because he has no trade clause. Right, and it'll be interesting to see if he would accept the trade. To a contender. Well, I well, he would.
1: He's he's I all, think he would. he's told us flat out that it's not about the money, and and I hear that a lot. And I always say, Look, I know what he said, but you can guarantee it's always all about the money. <laughs> but to Adam's defense on that, he wants to win as well. And anybody that's ar- anybody that's around Adam Jones, and I know you interviewed him in length up in New York, uh, I, I really believe that money really is a kind of a secondary thing to winning. And I think no matter what the money is, if he knows he can go to somewhere where he can win or where he feels he can win, or if he feels like still the Orioles present him that opportunity with the right decisions, then maybe he stays here. If not, I think he's gone.
10: You know what? I have to believe the way the team's going, I believe he's gone right. And you know what? I believe talking to Andrew Jones, excuse me, I keep calling Andrew Jones, Adam Jones, I really believe that winning is top priority for this guy. I really believe that. And uh, I think that's what's, what that's what's going to boil down to uh, by the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens.
1: All right. Now the other thing you're working on right now with the All-Star game being in D.C. is you have had the opportunity to interview – uh, a lot of ex-Nationals, and a lot of guys from the first year the team was in D.C. coming sure. from Montreal, which was 2005. Tell us what you're working on.
10: Yes, uh, I'm working on the Where They Now piece on the 2005 Nationals. And I spoke to uh, Jim Bowden, the, the former GM, Vinny Castilla, John Patterson, Levon Hernandez, uh, <laughs> many, many, many more people, uh, you know, Jose Vidro. I mean, it was like almost to me like old home yeah. week. No, it, it was almost like a family reunion. No, I was almost. gonna say old old home week. <laughs> yeah, and because a lot a lot of these guys too, I knew them from Montreal, so um, it was uh, phenomenal. I had really fun talking to John Patterson because you know his his career ended with injuries. Yeah, and uh, he's doing very well. So, and I also put together a. Uh, the all D.C. team as well, you know, uh, all the senators and nationals together, mm-hmm. and I think you'll like that too.
1: Well, obviously, Frank Howard is front and center with almost anything you say about a, a former D.C. team, uh, yeah. and, and Hondo, he, he is there. Hondo is just the, one of the greatest guys around, and uh uh, it's always fun when he comes out to the ballpark. He doesn't make it out that often, but every now and then you'll see him out there. So it's, it's, yeah. it's great to see Frank Howard around. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to Christian Guzman by any chance?
10: I did not. I did not talk to him. Um, cause Guzzy, Guzzy was always one of my favorite guys. He sure was, man. He, I remember Craig, he used to talk to you, you and I pretty much. And that was it. Yeah. And, uh, I uh I enjoyed that
2: myself. Well that and, I, and
1: and the reason the reason he he was so cordial to me as a member of the Nationals was because I remembered him from Minnesota, you know. Right. And 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 it's interesting we had Denard Spann on the show earlier uh in in the last half hour about how uh his his career along with Wilson Ramos kind of mirrored one another. He says, I can't get rid of him. I, I, I started in Minnesota with him. Then he got traded to the Nationals. Not that long after that, I got traded to the Nationals. And now I'm playing again with him in, uh, in Tampa. So yeah. the, the good thing for Denard is he's back home playing in his hometown. So that's kind of neat, too. And with all yeah. the injuries that he's endured throughout his career, it's nice to see him healthy.
10: Yeah, he recently had a uh, son. And yeah, seven months really month old. Yeah, it looks just like him too, and uh, I tell you, he's he's really happy, and, and I'm happy for
1: him. Uh, let me ask you this: about uh, Are you coming down to the All Star Game?
10: I don't know yet, Craig. Uh, you know, I'll I'll probably know in a couple of weeks. And, and, and uh, maybe the bigger maybe the
1: bigger question is: Are you coming down Tuesday and Wednesday of this week?
10: I might be there. I huh? might be there. Well, I might be there. Th- I, I might. I'll definitely see you this weekend, though. Th- thanks,
1: weekend. thanks for the warning. <laughs>
10: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's about it. All right.
1: Well, uh, hey, hey, when does this series on MLB.com move,
10: uh, Bill? Well, this um, it's supposed to be right before the All Star break. So I, I'm I'm assuming it's maybe like a couple weeks before. So we'll see what happens.
1: All right. Well, for all Nationals fans who are going to be obviously interested in number one going to the All Star game. And the three or four days leading up to, which is a week of celebration of the game of baseball, as Cal Ripken used to say, uh, you know, there's the futures game. There's the softball game. There's all the fan friendly things to do the fan fest and, and things of that nature all throughout the city, the home run hitting contest on the Monday night before the game. And then of course the game on that Tuesday Uh, and, and, I think anybody's a baseball fan, especially if they're a D.C. Nationals fan, they're going to be very interested in seeing what you've put together on MLB.com. Right.
10: That's true. All right.
1: And and you're modest, too. That's the other point that I (laughs) forgot to make. Bill Latson of MLB.com, thanks so much for being with us, giving us your thoughts on the Yankees. And uh, we know the Orioles are not going to be in the playoffs this year, or at least we don't expect them to turn it around. Uh, so this year you got me, and uh, I'll continue to hate you online for all your Yankee <laughs> posts, and we'll just pick it up and go from there, okay?
10: You got it, Craig. Thanks for All
1: right, Bill Latson of MLB.com. We're going to take our final break and then come back and wrap up the show, but we want to remind everyone that May Madness is upon us, and that means the NCAA Lacrosse Tournament tomorrow, May the 13th, when uh, Johns Hopkins, the Blue Jays, take on Georgetown – 5 o'clock start time at Homewood Field. The Big Ten champs are coming off a huge win over Maryland last week. They're looking to start a run toward their first NCAA championship since 2007. Johns Hopkins hosting Georgetown tomorrow at 5. Get your tickets and find out more at hopkinsports.com. We'll be back right after this.
0: Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by
4: the U.S. Army. Are you looking for a great deal? Maybe you need that perfect, affordable outfit or clothes for growing kids. Or maybe you're looking for that hard-to-find collectible. Visit Goodwill today. Shop with a mission and find everyday low prices on thousands of items, including brand-name clothing, stylish accessories, shoes, and furniture. Come to Goodwill and see what you can find. When you shop at Goodwill, when you donate to Goodwill, you will help someone find a job. To find a store near you, visit give to Goodwill.org. Work.
0: When I think about things that have over-delivered in my life, I think about Blueberry Pie Oreos, I think about the first Kingsman movie, and now I think about hammering nails in the Owings Mills Metro Center. My first trip to the Ultimate Man Cave Nirvana blew me away. When I got there, I went to the back room. Oh, this is where the magic happens. I got my first ever manicure and pedicure treatment. It was so relaxing. I understand why a lot of guys actually fall asleep back there. The seat was custom-crafted for my comfort. I had a flat screen in front of me with noise-canceling headphones so I could watch whatever game I wanted to and I was even sipping on a nice adult beverage. Then I went out and Tracy hooked me up with a really stylish haircut. She took care of me with the shampoo treatment, the hot steam towel. You can even get the close edge razor shave all at Hammer and Nails Owings Mills. Memberships are available. They make a great gift. On Mondays you can rent out Hammer and Nails for your corporate event. Trust me when I tell you this is an experience all guys must have. Hammer and Nails grooming shop for guys now open in the Owings Mills Metro Center. Matt
5: we normally come on here and tell everyone go listen to section 336 and just to take our advice to go listen to 336
10: instead of us telling you why we're awesome let's have other people tell you why we're awesome this person says definitely a bunch of Orioles fans who just want to be able to buy playoff tickets section
7: 336 is the greatest baltimore orioles podcast around look forward to listening every
10: week these guys are coconuts and if that's not enough reason to listen they are a great listen if you want orioles talk even during the off season if you're lucky, they might even talk about the Ravens. Josh, Matt, and Burt are a must-lesson every week. Check Section 336 out for yourself on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Arena football is back in Charm City. The Baltimore Brigade, presented by MedStar Health, return for another season of football action at Royal Farms Arena. Tickets start as low as $14, and they're available at BaltimoreBrigade.com or by calling 667-930-0200.
4: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka looks at the final NFL draft for Ozzie Newsom as Ravens' general manager and how he's built the franchise over the last two decades. Additionally, what does the future hold for UMBC after their historic NCAA tournament win over Virginia? Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, it's Glenn, and you might not know this, but we actually have a great wrestling podcast. Well, it's an okay
5: wrestling
10: no, no, podcast. No, 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 don't sell us short, Glenn. This podcast involves the main event, AJ Francis. That means it is the best yeah, wrestling that's, podcast. That's, that's Look, just,
5: just because you're bigger than us does not mean you're better than us. It does not mean
1: you're the main event. The brains are the one that brings people to the table when it comes to podcasts, so it's me who brings people to jobbing out.
0: Are you kidding me? Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, you're the worst. Literally the worst. Like, no one has ever tuned in for your opinion. Got real, real, <laughs> real quick. It's jobbing out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Aaron Oster and A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins. He Every week we're talking pro wrestling. You can find it by going to Jobbing Out on iTunes or SoundCloud or by clicking on the podcast tab at pressboxonline.com.
1: Now, I know Aaron Oster, okay? Work with him in D.C. I don't know how much he can say that he's the brains of the outfit. I'm just saying.
6: (laughs) Are Uh, you the brains of baseball? No. (laughs) Okay. No,
1: because, you know, I, I can't say that because Stan thinks he is. So we go from there. Anyway, thanks a lot for uh, checking us out on the bat round for this Saturday. And uh, I want to thank our guests uh, for checking in, including Stan the Fan, who was with us in the first hour. And we heard from Chelsea Janes, who is with the Washington Nationals, uh, beat reporter for the Washington Post. She is out in Arizona as the uh, Nationals conclude their series with the Diamondbacks today. And then tomorrow night, it's one of those ESPN Sunday night baseball games. So that'll be interesting uh, to see just exactly whether or not the Nationals can win one of these next two games. And if that happens, they will beat the Diamondbacks and hand the Diamondbacks their first series loss of the year. They've been playing great baseball. Got two two guys in that lineup, uh, A.J. Pollock, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Just can't get them out. But uh, so far, so good uh, for the Nats. We also heard from uh, Hank Allen today scout for the uh, Houston Astros, Steve Molesky of Mass and Sports and MassAndSports.com to try to dissect the Chris Tillman issue, and I don't think anybody can really do that at this point. And Bill Latson from MLB.com, you can enjoy his work on that website all the time. He also has archived on there uh, Newsmakers, which is his podcast, so check that out as well. That's going to do it for us. Brittany, appreciate the help again this week.
6: Yeah, no problem. What's
1: Towson got in line this week?
6: Uh, Towson's pretty much done with their sports, but women's lacrosse
2: has the second round of the NCAA tournament tomorrow, 1 o'clock.
1: All right, against?
2: Against Northwestern.
1: All right, so good luck to the uh, Tigers there. And we will catch you next week. Stan the Fan will be back in this chair because I told him I wasn't doing another week by myself. That'll do it for us. Have a great week, everybody.